0: Alright, let's get into it. Let's get into it. It's another episode of For What It's Worth with Wes Hoffman and that is the song For What It's Worth uh, by Wes Hoffman and uh, I am him. <laughs> uh, so <clears throat> I'm actually down here in my studio so I'm sure you can tell a little bit of difference in the sound quality here. Um, you know a lot of times I just want to touch on that for a minute. I um, I this is a pretty bare bones podcast. I've been podcasting for a while, and I've done it a bunch of different ways. I've I've done it when I've just had my laptop or my phone, and I've done it when um I've been in like a nice studio, and we've had um, other people helping us like produce the podcast and stuff like that. So I'm kind of just doing this as I go. Um, you know this this podcast is like a side project of a side project. This is like. You know, I want to say that it is important to me, but it is not like the number one thing on my priority list. (laughs) Um, So I'm kind of just doing it because I like doing it and I'm doing it like when I have time to do it and when I feel inspired. Uh, So it's not like some of the other things in my life where I I truly am pushing for them to get big and stuff like that. So uh, sometimes this will be done in a studio. Sometimes it will be done on a phone. Uh, (laughs) that's just how it's going to go. I'm not at the point where I'm going to invest like a ton of money into equipment and stuff like that. So uh, this episode is with Trevor Riley from A Wilhelm Scream. If you have not heard, if this is your first time ever hearing about the band A Wilhelm Scream, um, before you go any further, you need to go on Spotify or Apple Music or YouTube or whatever, wherever you listen to music and uh, listen to some of their songs because... They're a very good band. They're a very technical band. They can be very melodic. They can be very heavy and um, harsh. And they they really kind of cru- cover the whole gra- gamut of uh, music. you know. And Trevor talks about that, that it's kind of like punk rock ADD. And I think that's really cool. Uh, they have been one of my favorite bands since about 2004, 2005. Uh, I am just think this is the coolest band ever. One of the coolest bands that I've ever, I've always loved them. So <laughs> I'm super thankful to have Trevor on and um, we talked about a lot of different stuff. So this was, this was a great podcast. We, we this is about an hour long podcast. So really, really enjoyed it. Um, I will say this, uh, my, what I was using to record this on my laptop, I didn't realize was not working until after it, the podcast was over. Um, so I, this is recorded on my phone. I'm always recording it like in two ways. So, uh, when this podcast starts, this is going to be me asking Trevor, you know, how did you guys, how did you feel compared now compared to when you guys first started doing this band? So keep that in mind when the, when the audio starts. So, um, I wanted to say, (coughs) (coughs) sorry, sorry about that. Didn't mean to cough in your ear. Uh, I wanted to to share a few things about Wes Hoffman and Friends. Uh, we have a show coming up at the end of August in St. Louis uh, with Belvedere. Uh, Steve Rawls from Belvedere it, it is, uh, was a guest on this podcast. We have a, a show with them at Off-Broadway on August 27th with The Chandelier Swing and Fight Back, Fight Back Mountain. You can get your tickets at offbroadwaystl.com. Um, and then we have a couple um, uh, shows uh In September, out of town. Um, So in Carbondale, which is about two hours away from St. Louis. um, uh, And that's going to be with Sidewalk Slam. Uh, Some of you might remember them from uh, the Tooth and Nail Records days. They have been friends of ours for a really long time. Uh, Matt Jackson has uh, played drums with my band on three tours now. Uh, so he is a very, very good, close friend of mine. Uh, he will be on this podcast at some point <laughs> as well. And uh, so we're doing a show with them in Carbondale, which they they are from Southern Illinois. So uh, Matt's actually from Morgansfield, Kentucky. And then, you know, uh, I think some of the other guys, I know Neil is from Carmi, Illinois, which is down that way. I'm not sure where David's from, but they're all from that area. And we used to play shows with them down there all the time. And so. We're really stoked uh, to be playing a show with them after all these years. And that's at PK's on September 16th. And then we're heading back to Nashville on September 17th with our friends. Uh, we're playing a show with Sideline, Sideline Heroes, um, a band called 95 Corolla, and our friends The Catastrophes as well. So very stoked for those shows. Um, I got to admit, I'm I'm getting a little road sick. Uh, we, since February, we went on the road once a month. Um, February, March, April, May, and June. And so, you know, my my internal clock is... You know, I've been home for a month now, and my internal internal clock is like, hey, it's time to go back out a- again. And so I'm definitely, like, getting it- itching to hit the road again, even if it's just for a couple of days. But that's not going to happen for a couple months. So uh, <laughs> uh, I'm enjoying the summer. I'm having a great time hanging out with my girlfriend. We, we're going to movies. We're going... Uh, we're going away this weekend to to hang out and have some peace and quiet, kind of out in the country. Uh, her birthday's coming up, so we we've just been doing all kinds of stuff. We've been going to the art museum. We've been, uh, you know, enjoying just enjoy, just doing a lot of summer stuff. You know, um, I've been going to a lot of movies uh, living, you know, just doing normal person things. So, uh, we do have one more tour that we're doing at the end of the year, uh, in, in October that we're going to announce soon. If you're listening to this podcast, it'll be out on, uh, we should have be announcing it on Monday, uh, the 24th. So definitely look for that. Um, and that's pretty much it. I'm going to stop talking and I'm going to turn it over to, uh, um, The recording that Trevor and I did and again this is uh, him talking about his perspective on like the you know then versus now so here is this
1: episode with Trevor Riley from a Wilhelm Scream this would be no I never I never really thought that the band would end I always kind of you know you know obviously everything ends you know sure um, nothing nothing lasts forever but um i do remember uh being asked this question in like some interviews even back in 2005 you know people are asked asking like you know what's the what's the what's the goal or or you know what are you kind of like going for all these years and i think um for me, I think what, keep, what, 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 what keeps me energized and keeps me engaged is sort of like this romantic, romanticized kind of feeling that it's the span is kind of like a linear or sometimes nonlinear yeah. thing, depending on how you think of it. But to me, it's sort of like a linear. Here's where we are now. You know, the the band was never really. It wasn't born out of uh, having a goal like, oh, we want to be this huge band, and then we want to do that. You know, you know these uh, business goals. Sure. We didn't. We didn't really have the. That wasn't a thing that was really. Maybe it's a, a product of our time, you know, because it was pretty lame to think that way. <laughs> <You know? laughs> now I see most, <laughs> a lot of, bands, I don't, know, I don't know, you know, I see a lot of bands thinking that way now, but we never really thought that way. Um, it was really all about this sort of, not to sound pretentious, but this artistic journey. Uh, to see, where, oh, where could we go next? Sort of like putting ourselves in, in, in the shoes of or from the perspective of this band being our favorite band Yeah, which it kind of is my favorite band it's the band that I'm in of course it's my favorite band you know so really um, marking out on yourself every now and again can kind of give you a kick in the pants and say oh well this is um, this, leg- this legend this legend of my friends and I you know yeah. That, that we that we continue to not legend like oh where the shit but legend right. as in like a book, like this is our book, you know, and these are chapters in a book and so to think of the end just never made it never really came to mind uh, and still doesn't really come to mind. You know, we, we don't really have an end an end in sight. But I do know that if we did, and I've said this before in a lot of interviews over the years, if we did, it would have to be something that was like, that's it. And we would never go back, (laughs) you know, like there
0: would be no reunion show, you know? Yeah. Uh, And I mean that, (laughs) you know? Sure. Sure. So, so as, as time, you know, cause even with my band at this point, you know, now I'm, I've, I was in bands like growing up and, and over the years and everything like that. Now I'm, I'm 40 years old and I, a, about six years ago, I started this project that I'm doing now. And, um, you know, we're all, we're kind of the same mindset of like, I don't really have an end goal. I have milestones of things that I want to hit and things that I want to do. Like, you know, Hey, just, I want to tour. I want to play these types of shows, I want to play to this many people, you know, just kind of ideas of, Hey, this would be really cool if this happened. Um, a- and as those things kind of started happening to you guys and you started touring and, and labels started calling and, and the show started getting bigger, you know, was, was there any change in mindset then of like, Oh shit, this is actually like popping off a lot more than we thought or.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, well, For so many years, we would we would we would tour, you know, like, you know, we're rejected by everyone, you know, and I'm sure everyone, every band to a certain extent has this kind of story, you know, where like, nobody would touch us with a 10 foot pole, you know, (laughs) nobody's nobody's coming near this band, you know, and, you know, we would just do our thing. But that does that mean you don't tour? No. You don't wait for permission or someone to open the gate for you so you can go do what you want to do. You just figure out a way and you just do it yourself. You know. So for many years, we you know we just, you know, we're we're playing, we're playing everywhere that bands don't want to play at the times of year where bands don't want to go there. <laughs> you know, right? You know, and in the meantime, while we're doing this, and this is something. I mean if we talk about expectations we our expectations from that would be that these people will remember us mm-hmm. you know and that all was true that all came you know still people come up to us saying they saw us in this garage in this place in this crazy time of year yeah blizzard of blizzard of whatever you know and so back back then we you know we were like oh man wouldn't it it, we knew that we needed some help to get to the next level and of course back then i don't know if it's so true much as true these days but probably to a certain extent it was all about the record label Mm -hmm. because the record label could get you into the best buy maybe could get you into like the walmart yeah Maybe, maybe, (laughs) you know, but, but really it was all about like getting us into malls, the Newberry comics, the, the, the best buys, you know, all the mom and pop shops, things that we couldn't really do on our, on our own and also have some cachet of having someone pushing you, you Mm -hmm, know? mm -hmm. So, so when I, when Nitro came along, like, I don't think that our attitude was like, oh shit, we made it. Our attitude was more like. Oh fuck, let's let's try to take advantage of these opportunities because hey, in a couple of years we could re- be right back to kinda doing this ourselves. So let's get sure. let's get people rem- remembering us, you know, uh with whatever we do. And then then the opportunities start to start to start to come your way, you know. Um so at that point then Real life sets in and then you're in your you're in your late twenties and you know you've been torn a lot at that point like a you know a, a full time job you know but the, sure. the entertainment business i mean it's the entertainment business you know it's not like uh you know uh being a professor and getting tenure you know or or working or or like working. You know this is art (laughs) (laughs) right right you don't get you don't get points for like showing up you know what i mean uh and doing and doing a good job It, it, you know you have to it has to be from your like you have to live your life like you fucking made it Mm -hmm. there's no like oh did we make it yet it's like no you wait like appreciate what you're at you know where you're at absolutely and what you're doing and you're like holy fuck i made it you know and then and then when you get into like your 30s and stuff it's like okay what what what's it about now and it's like well at least for me it's about remembering what it was like when it was horrible because after you put out like your third record a lot of the shine of being like the new thing can kind of wear off you know and then it's like you know the bands that are sort of on the, the fans that are sort of on the periphery, you know, like they like your band, but they're not like fucking there to the end. Like a lot of those fans will kind of move on to, move on to other things, you know? So like, really like it's, it's about like looking, looking to your bandmates, having fun and not, Thinking about any of that bullshit, so you can, <laughs> so you can make cool shit with your friends, you know, and 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 keep it going, you know. Yeah. So that's my long-winded way of saying that there's no, it's not about, at least for us anyway. It wasn't about like the expectations of this thing or that thing. It was just we're just going to keep doing what we're doing and rolling with and and just rolling with it, you know. Because yeah. There is no guarantees in anything. I mean, there's no guarantees that anybody's even going to be around tomorrow, let, let alone, um, you know, guarantees of where you think that your musical career could be.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I I feel like um, that really resonates with me because during when COVID hit and we couldn't go to shows anymore, we couldn't play shows, we couldn't do anything. Um, you know, for at least several months before things kind of started opening back up. And even then for a couple of years, it felt weird. (laughs) You know, Um, I remember thinking that same thought, like if I'm going to do this, uh, you know, I'm going to do it now. There's no better time than now to to start doing the things that I love because it could all go away again. Like nobody expected something like that to happen. And then us not to be able to play shows or go to shows or enjoy the things that we want to enjoy. So I, I think that's a, definitely a, you know, definitely resonates with me. Um, to tell me a little bit about like, okay. So I, I, I grew up like, listen, I listening to pop, uh, to punk rock and everything like that. And, um, I always loved like, like, um, strung out was one of the bands like early on that I felt like was like doing the fast kind of metal like stuff. They were one of those bands that like, If you really wanted to blow, if somebody was into punk rock and you really wanted to blow them away, you'd like play them a strung out song that had just like crazy riffs and solos and shit. And, um, you know, they were one of the only bands like punk rock, I feel like is not known as being that genre that's like technically proficient. And, uh, you know, then then when I heard um, I had heard I I didn't for some reason, I, I couldn't get my hands on a copy of Mute Print when it when it first came out. Uh but I did get Ruiner, and I think I maybe even got it in like a Best Buy or something like that. Um, so <laughs> <Yep>. so uh, <laughs> that was our big break, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> I I remember I remember getting it, and I remember hearing it, and I wanted to play it for everybody that I knew, and I and I I played it all the time, and I remember thinking like, oh wow, this is this this has that same like technicality that. um, that strung out has, but, but there's like, like hardcore elements, but you guys also have harmonies and the guitars and in the vocals and stuff like that, you know, and and I I can honestly say to this day, there's not another band that I can even really compare a Wilhelm scream to. Um, How did you guys, you know, I I would think that, you know, that, that comes from you guys being really good at playing your instruments, (laughs) but also like, how did you kind of Come up with this type of sound that you guys have, like you know, what was it just an amalgamation of everybody in the room and and you know or you know how how did how did this your sound kind of come about? I don't know if I'm articulating it very well, but
1: <laughs> no, 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 no I, 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 I think well, I think over the years, and we're talking over like you know when. Did, Almost twenty years ago, um, we did the first album where i th- I think it's really just like a real blend of all the of all the stuff that we were all into um, I, yeah, you kind of put it all put it all in a blender um, you know like a lot of bands from like the late the late nineties and the early the early the early two thousands were real interesting in in terms of like, you know, you'd have, you know, it would really run the gamut. Like punk rock would really really ran the gamut of like every genre mm-hmm. under the sun, you know. And you you could kind of like pinpoint some of the bands that had their own, you know, um, there was a lot of originality I in that time period you know, and we, we absorbed all this stuff, you know, you know, your hot water musics, you know, Mm -hmm. like, you know, your flagpole bands, your hot water music, uh, propaganda, um, you know, I could, I could go on, you know, no knife, um, I could go on and on with a lot of the, the, uh, lifetime. Like for, like for me, I would kind of like say, Oh, this is like, our lifetime moment or, or this, you know, like being like self-referential on our music back in the day. You know, you know what I mean? Like if, if, if I was playing sure. like Muprint or pretty much any of our albums and, and I just kind of played something, I'd be like, Oh, this, Oh, this is like kind of inspired by this. Just noticing, like being like a sort of taking ourselves out of the situation saying, wow, like we didn't intend to make something that reminds us of that. But here it is, you know. Now you multiply that by a fucking all the bands that we listen to can <laughs> have like thousands of those moments potentially, and it, in our songs, when you know when we were arranging them and stuff, a lot of it is like the a, you know ADD kind of nature of things uh, when you're writing a song. But it was always kind of like. Oh, how can we make this more interesting? Oh no, that's that's boring. Like we would get real bored a lot with some of the stuff. You know, it's like oh well, you know, ah, this let's let's switch it up for the second half. You know, and then that just ended up becoming our thing, where a lot of stuff doesn't repeat itself the same way. Every you know, each verse is kind of different in its own way. Sometimes if I'm if if let's and I still do this, you know. If I'm making up a melody, I won't just make up one melody, you know, vocal-wise, right? Like one cadence or melody. I won't just come up with one. I always come up with at least two or three, like, variations of the same thing. And usually I can't decide which one's better, so (laughs) they're both going to make it, you know? So, like, a lot of times what will happen to me, something, something that I notice about, you know, my writing is... Verse two is the first thing that usually gets written. Verse one is the very last thing that gets written, pretty much in the song. Really, but verse two and the chorus is going to happen. That's that's really going to pop off first for me, and usually because verse two is like, oh, we're all right, we're in the song, you know. So like, it's like fake it till you make it, right? I'm working on verse two as if I already got you. Yeah. I, like, I got you already. you already. You're already in my song. You love it. You're loving it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're into it. So, like, because I already love it. <laughs> you know? So, I'm doing verse two. And then verse one is when I start to put my sort of thinking cap on and say, okay, how do we really get them? Because nobody's going to sit around waiting for verse two where I'm feeling comfortable. How do we make it comfortable? So, it's those little challenges that um, for when I'm when I'm working on stuff, and my bandmates might uh, have a similar experience with 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 their material that they bring to the band. Um, but for me, that is that's literally my 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 blueprint. I'm kind of walking around the house, and I'm okay. just kind of making up gibberish um, over over beats that are in my head, and then sort of building it, building it from there. Is kind of like how how I roll. So when you when you I I bring that. Thought process to every part of writing a song, right? So, I think I I, I think that way when I'm uh, working on working vocals, writing lyrics, or melodies, whatever the case may be, whatever my involvement in the song is. And then I take that to the to the the uh, instrumental side as well. So, if I'm uh, if I'm maybe coming up with some like some riffs or some beats to kind of go go with the riffs or go with a particular cadence that I like, then usually uh, verse two and verse one are gonna be different, you know? And if that chorus, uh, if it's a chorus, sometimes that chorus will only happen once. Why did it only happen once? Well, once we got to that point, because of all the other decisions that I made, <laughs> Doing that chorus twice would have been lame as hell to me. <laughs> that's my cross to bear. You
0: know?
1: <laughs> it really is because it's kind of like shit. If somebody had came up to me and said, "Hey, Trev, maybe if we did, had done this, maybe we could have done that chorus twice, and maybe we, you know, maybe we'd all see, you know, we'd be seeing dollar signs right now." <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, but that that's something that I've always that's really, my pathology. <laughs> Right that's that's something that I've always really liked about Wilhelm songs though, is that like they don't repeat and it always kinda keeps me on the to- on my toes. Like when I think about um, you know, the song The King is dead. Like how many changes that that is, like it's this just progression of like almost like an opus or something, you know what I mean? And and there's parts that you can sing along to. They're not necessarily choruses, but they don't always have to repeat. You know what I mean? I, I think that's what kind of makes you your songs really unique.
1: Thanks. I I, I hear a lot from people. You know, and sometimes when I uh, with reviews and stuff like that as well, I'll see like uh, and people will mean it as a compliment, and in the reviews it'll be as a comp as a compliment. You know, and it'll be sort of like. Man, I didn't get it at first. But once I listened to this like three times, now I, you know, now I get it. And, oh, you know, like it's genius Mm -hmm. the way you put this, you know, whatever together. I mean, oh, cool. Yeah. You know? And, and like, that'll feel good to hear, you know? But like, my intention is not, you know, for people to have to listen to it three times to get it, you know? So (laughs) that also is my cross to bear.
0: Yeah, well, it, did, <laughs> but, it, it it didn't take me three times, so. <laughs> uh, could, could here. <laughs> it, was, it, it was cool because, like, like uh, one day,
1: one day somebody's like, "Dude, check it out!" Like, you guys are on hard times, uh, and I'm like, "What? Hard times? That's like my favorite." They're hilarious. They, you know, yeah, the internet uh, thing. and They are like, dude, they ranked your album. and I'm just gonna, like, "Fuck, dude, that's fucking awesome," and like. It was actually, like, really, it was, like, insightful and, like, a glowing review, pretty much a glowing review of our whole, like, discography and stuff. And I'm like, man, that's really cool. Um, And even in that one, they had mentioned, like, well, if you could kind of absorb or, like, digest, I should say. I'm not, like, paraphrasing what they said. I don't remember what they said exactly, but, like, it's how I took it was, like, once you can digest digest it all, then then you you can kind of like appreciate it appreciate it more. And, um, I guess that is to a, a certain degree um, was an intention with a lot of a lot of our stuff. I do want I do want it to feel like something when you go back to it, you kind of you feel something new. Mm -hmm. or you hear something new or you have like a different kind of perspective on it when you hear it so I didn't hear that before that kind of thing you know I do I do as an artist I really do like that like that is a very rewarding aspect of like what we get to do I think is to you know you know how it is you know you, you spend so much time on on a song like something that will go uh a part in your song that'll go over the heads of probably a good seventy-five percent of the people that are going to hear it, you know. many times that's the thing you spend the most time on, and you got the most um, satisfaction out of solving, you know. And that's the life of like that's 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 the creative endeavor, right?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um yeah, and I, I feel that way sometimes too. Um there there's there's times when like I um I concentrate on something that's like, you know, me and our bass player, we've been best friends for 21 years, 22 years, and like we'll we'll think about like a background vocal or a really cool part that we're like, "Oh man, that's just like oh that's going to put it over the top." And and most people that like, you know, the average listener wouldn't even pick up on it you know what I mean but to us it's like something that we that we we put like a massive amount of detail into you know um uh can, can you talk a little I, w- I' would be interested in hearing a little bit about like on on the new album on on lose your delusion it talks there's a lot of talk about well at least on a couple songs about mental health issues and like and dealing with that and I think that's something today that everyone in some degree I was just I was on a podcast last night talking about how growing up um, we were never really taught, um, you know, as men to talk about our feelings, almost like discouraged to talk about what you're going through and how things are affecting you. And, um, you know, my mom's a therapist, so um, she wasn't when I was growing up. But like now I'm, I'm all about like talking things out and sharing about, you know, what, whatever it is that I'm going through. Um, you know, and, and music for me is like the catharsis a lot of times that I need to get out of, um, to get those things out, you know, to feel better. And it's like, um, you know, I recently went through divorce and everything like that. And music was a big part of just like getting a lot of those feelings out. Can, and it sounds like that maybe is similar for, for you guys on this album as well. Can you share a little bit about your experience with that? And and I did want to say I don't know if you saw me yeah. in the chat. If we do get we've got five minutes left, so if we do get kicked out, um, we can just rejoin the meeting and and start again. So, cool, cool.
1: <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, all my answers are mad long-winded. Uh, so I, we, I love we, it. We, I I go over in every podcast.
0: Baby. <laughs> That's okay. We I end, love end up, it.
1: End up, we end up talking like a lot. Wait, <laughs> anyway. uh, yeah. Well, I i guess well i can only i can only speak for me and yeah and, you know uh obviously uh you know if the guy the guys would hear they have a different perspective you know uh which would, i I'd, Id i'd love to hear too um but I think writing songs for me it that is that is my therapy you know um, mm-hmm. it's where even if it's just the physical act of singing or just singing nonsensical gibberish to a beat even doing that um it's it's a for me it's always been a big confidence booster you know and when you don't when you step away from it the things that give you that kind of joy you know uh which creative stuff thankfully really gives me really gives me joy you know what i mean um creating something from start to finish and finishing ideas is it in in and of itself and where a a lot of times when i'm Writing words, it'll be so come from a place that's very real, you know, and very, uh, very real to me and specific, real specific to me. But I also got to realize that because it's specific to me, this is only going to be my thing until I'm done with it. Mm-hmm. Then it's everybody's thing that yeah. wants
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: that wants to appreciate it. So for me, I always need to try to uh remind myself to not make it like a dear diary kind of situation, you know, uh whereas some of our albums in the past like I look at it and I'm like holy shit. I wish I didn't like say all this shit. <laughs> it's, you know you know what I mean like uh it's sort of like a little too honest in in some air in, 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 in some places. And also I don't want people in my life saying like, Hey, is something, you know, is he okay? You know, based on my songs. Um, because I don't make songs just for myself anymore. I make, I also make them for my bandmates and I make them for people that, uh, might appreciate them. So for me, it's not about just, just working out my own shit. For me, the physicality of it, the actual playing guitar, the actual uh, physicality of coming up with ideas or thoughts, for me, that is my therapy, because that is confidence boosting for me. Mm. It makes me feel like I'm like, I'm 10 feet tall. It makes me stand up straighter. It makes me feel great. It makes me feel great about myself when I make something cool. Um, That i can't wait to show my friends you know and then can't wait to see what we all do with it you know and stuff like that so with some songs on this record um they are from my experiences but they're also um sort of speaking for people that aren't here anymore and also speaking for uh you know through my own obviously through my own uh eyes and through my through my lens so to speak that's pretty much as far as like my therapy goes with it you know I live in the song and I feel as much as I can while I'm writing it so it's authentic and that it's good yeah you know you have to fucking if you're gonna write a song like let's say like Be One to No One for instance if you're gonna write a song like that you can't half step on anything you know you can't be a half stepper you have to jump all the way into this shit because it has to be good
0: absolutely (laughs) because if it's
1: not good not good why did you even why did you fucking do it you know like th- 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 There's certain songs That are like Well within my wheelhouse That If it's not right For What I'm trying to do Um I won't keep going back To my wheelhouse Because it's shit I'm good at Yeah You know I have to like keep And, and that's why Some some Wilhelm Scream songs Don't get finished For like Seven years <laughs> You know Never mind albums Like we have, Like we're finishing A couple songs right now That like Started writing in 2017. There's there's one major reason for for that for working on something for so long. Usually for me, if if I've taken a song idea and I'm taking it to a certain point, I know this thing is going to be a song. I know I'm going to finish this thing. It's happening, right? Once I know that this is that that it's on, I start to formulate uh, an overall theme of what I want this to be. Um, with B1 to No One, for instance, that, that one took the longest to write on the Your Delusion record. I wanted to write one song, not, not a bunch with the same theme, but I wanted to write one song that I could, that I could, uh, show and say, here, here are my thoughts on my experiences with um, anxiety and depression. Here's my one shot. Here's my interpretation of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't get like seven other tries on a record, and then you put them all together and you can see what I'm talking about, you know, no, like I put these rules on myself where ah. no, this is this is the one, you know, and if I haven't cracked the code yet on it, if I haven't cracked the story or whatever, then it's not ready. I'll keep working it till I crack it, but I'll work on other things. So I don't ruminate on this one thing. And then then song ends up sucking because (laughs) because I hugged it too tight or some shit, you know what I mean? (laughs) So really, what what, what I try to do is I say, okay, like a song I'm working on right now. Um, it, it's reeled. Uh, it's called the part, it's called the original title of the song when I started writing it, where I wrote the bulk of it is called the party crasher. Okay. This And we have an album called party crasher. I think it came out in 2013. So that's how old, the song The Party Crasher is because I basically took the title of The Party Crasher, didn't finish the song, called the album Party Crasher. So that song, now we it, we're referring to it now as High All Day.
0: Can you say that one more time? Um, I didn't catch it.
1: We, we call it High All Day.
0: High All Day. Okay.
1: High All Day is the name of the song. And when I first wrote it, you know, the, you know, it's a six and a half minute song, basically. It's like a long song and it's the most Wilhelm song ever because it really, I don't think, I mean, only one part, maybe two parts repeat over six and a half minutes. So it's real ADD. The reason for that is the, sto- the, the story of the song is like very simple. It's like, I showed up at your party with this cheap grin on my face, because I got high all day. So basically, I showed up, I showed up at your party. And here's my experiences going on, stuck in my own head, mm-hmm. while I'm socializing at your party, thanks for inviting me. That's basically the that's the gist of it. Um, we just finished writing that song. You know, except for like, you know, this is probably uh, a bunch of vocals that I'll kind of like now, now that we finished the um, arrangement of the song, we've shaved about a half a minute, probably like a minute off the song. So now it's five and a half minutes, but the spirit of it is, is exactly what I intended it to be way back in the day. But I couldn't have finished this song unless we said, okay, Brian, Ben, we all put our heads together and, and then took a took a fresh look. But at no point had I ever considered making the song being about something else. Yeah, if I came up with like a better idea. I I decided that that's what it's that's what the song is going to be. So that's what it's going to be. There's another song that I that I'm calling uh, "Feel Love and Wander," and that's one that is pretty much in the can, I just have I, I just have to crack the the lyrics because for this song it's a song about about people taking their own lives. Mm-hmm. And th- a song like that in a song like Be One to No One, it's not the song that you can kinda uh I'm only gonna make one of these songs yeah you know you know what I'm saying oh for sure I'm not that guy that's gonna keep you know oh uh, here's another uh, maybe here's what I think of it too nah this is the only song cause I don't wanna like I don't I, I live within these songs if I'm writing the lyrics of them so I don't want to become like you know I don't wanna see, stay stay stuck there I want to finish these ideas and uh feel proud feel, feel proud of it because when i'm done with it they're not mine no more they're everybody's yeah if they want them you know and you want to you really want for all the hours and everything that you put into the, your songs you know you you really want people to appreciate them the same way that you appreciate them when you're when you're done you know or, or at least somewhere close so um that's a that's a big reason why you know because because to me a riff is a riff is a riff Um, the thing that kind of keeps me going are these little stories these little movies and to me they're most of these movies last a couple minutes to three minutes to me they're supremely they're like the most important thing you know like concept is like a big deal to me because it's it's what keeps me interested yeah you know and then when then when it comes to like playing the stuff coming up with the riffs then you're like You know that you're supporting something that is uh special to you already before the riffs then when the riffs come on then it's like oh yeah (laughs) some people only care about the (laughs) riffs you know but i've never been one to just like write a whole song musically and then do lyrics or then do melodies or whatever and i've never been the kind of guy that would just write. A whole song lyrically, and then go to the music. Yeah, it's all it's all informing each other. And like I said, I can only speak for myself because I'm the only one here. You know, like um, with my bandmates, it's a different story because it's a much more collaborative. Uh, it's a much more collaborative thing. You know, like when we're in a room, when we're working on each other's songs, um, it's a different element where you're more open to. Uh, two ideas that can make things cooler or take it into different directions, you know?
0: Yeah, so, absolutely. If you can have
1: all those, all those elements going together, you know? Yeah. No,
0: th- I, I appreciate you sharing that, man, because that's, that's, you know, I, I really like the idea of the, the concept, you know, of, hey, this song is going to be the one song that I do that's about this thing. And I'm not, you know, and kind of, it sounds like you don't waver from that you know, even if it, that means it takes longer.
1: Yeah, I mean, for, for me, I, it's, I've used this example before, sometimes, like, with my bandmates, like, I think of, you know, it, songwriting sort of is like a discipline, right? Just like working out or uh, karate whatever your discipline is. It's something that you dedicate this a lot of time into. So for me, the discipline of like, the discipline of writing songs, it just makes everything, it just makes everything better. You know, like, like it's when, when you start the day off, right? and this is like a Gene Simmons thing it's kind of like a <laughs> uh, I'm sorry my, my brain is bouncing all over the place mm-hmm. like a million thoughts at once no his subject, but you're good like Gene Simmons said like if there's something that I'm paraphrasing him but he said inspiration is overrated if you know you want to do something if you put the necessary amount of hours in to that task, at the end of the day, you're gonna have something. Is it gonna be the best thing you've ever done? I don't know. There's no guarantees. But you will be satisfied with the work that you put in. And chances are you're gonna be pretty stoked on your result because you didn't know that it was gonna happen before you you spent eight hours on it. But if you sit around the house kinda waiting for inspiration to strike, you're never going to write a song. Yeah. You're just going to have a bunch of like dreams.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, oh, I've got so many dreams, you know, it's like, I'm, I can't wait to tell everybody about my big dreams. <laughs> you know what I mean? And what's the problem with that? Well, the problem is that once you've got done telling everybody about your big dreams and not seeing them through, you become satisfied almost like you've achieved your dreams just by saying it out loud. Um so when it comes to writing you really have it, it it really is a discipline that you have to literally or figuratively punch a clock yeah Say this is what this is what we're going to do at the end of this maybe it won't be sick maybe it won't be as good as our most popular song but we're pretty stoked on it and more in in and, and, and more so the that muscle The creative muscles Have been exercised So this, so now Whatever you write Is going to be better for it So really it, it really does come down to just like Getting down to work Yeah You know Absolutely and whatever you got to do to get there Get there And I always tell my bandmates It's like dude Getting up and writing songs Just like getting up and like working out You know what I'm saying It's not like it's it, 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 it could feel like work yeah when yeah. you just do it when you just start it you know and so you have to for me I have to do these little things to keep myself engaged you know I gotta be like, oh well this this song could be about this oh this is gonna be like the love song this is gonna be this and for me have if, if you're gonna write if you're gonna let's say you're gonna write a love song right? For me, would I rather have five mediocre love songs or one ultimate love song? <laughs> yeah. I'll take that one love I'll take that one ultimate song and that will be for anything. Are we talking diss track? How about one diss track? You know what I mean? Like to me, that is the opposite of like dipping your toe in a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that, man. And I, I really love what you said about just. Songwriting being a discipline and and exercising those muscles because um, You know, I really um, a few years ago, I got a um, Focus right interface for my computer for my laptop and um, That was one of just I know it's not the best piece of equipment ever Um, am I I I use it to demo out songs and um, I I go to the I go I have a studio here and, and I go down there uh pretty much five night, five days a week sometimes six sometimes seven and i spend at least a couple hours writing songs and some of them when i when I, like you said when i walk away some of them are not that great <laughs> but like the muscle has been exercised and i know that i'm building up to you know like now i look at some of the songs that i wrote a for, a few years ago when i first got the thing and and the songs that i'm like cranking out now that i don't think are that good are miles ahead of those songs from four years ago that I started, simply because it's just, it's the repetition. It's the discipline of like exercising that songwriting muscle. Um, Yeah, yeah, I I totally get that. And I, and I think that it, a lot of, um, you know, I, I think that that's, I don't know. I just think that's really important. And for me, it is, that's part of the therapy too, is just, getting it out sometimes like even if it is a shitty song like (laughs) sometimes just saying the word even if it's not going to come out on some kind of album or ep or a single or anything sometimes it's just straight up this like getting it out you know
1: yeah if you don't finish things man it like finishing things is like unlocking the next it unlocks the next door right like you know it's, it's like some people will ask you right they'll say like hey how do you write, how do you write like how did i do you write you know so many like good songs i well i wrote like a real lot of bad ones <laughs> you right exactly I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know how bad they were at the time i'll look back and be like yo that's really bad that was really bad you know like i can look at it now but back then i'm just happy that i finished a song
0: you, right, right, you know?
1: yeah, and then you and then if you do, and then if you like once you've written like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them, you know you can start to lean into the craft a little bit mm-hmm. more because you've developed you you through the discipline of it, you've developed a craft you know and and you develop a style by kind of like leaning into different things you had asked me earlier about um about like our like our influences and and how that. How that influenced how how we work. Um, see, when we were listening to bands like Strung Out, I didn't think in a million years that I could ever pull off what they were doing on guitar. It didn't even occur to me. I mean, even to this day, I don't think, like, if you showed me a Strung Out, like, you'd have to show me how it goes.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean?
1: Like, J- like Jake J- 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 would have to be like, okay, Trevor, it goes like this, you know what I mean? Like, oh, Rob, how you do that thing? It'd be like, oh, uh, oh, it's like this. I'm like, okay. I'm like, oh. You know, if you gave me a guitar, I'm not going to like go like figure out a string out song. And that's that's even at this age from doing this as long as I have, you know. Um, So I I think the Wilhelm sound has been defined by us liking a ton of the different shit. Number one, not being able to quite pull off all that shit. (laughs) (laughs) So we just do it our way how we can do it. And then you kind of develop what it's so like what we're not trained musicians like um in hindsight i wish i wish i did you know it make a lot of would have made a lot of things easier over the years if i was more classically trained now in the band um like brian in the in the band now brian is the most the, the most uh has the most like. Uh, uh music theory background of, of all of us right and it's probably not even close i mean like but even brian his his was when a lot when he was younger he he did jazz band and you know so he, he had some instruction on the right way to do things you know the the white right, right way to approach uh technique and the right way to practice in the right and and the right uh you know, learning scales and all the notes and stuff like that. The rest of us are super blue-collar, you know, myself, like in the early days, myself, Chris, uh, John Tebbs, uh, all of you Nuno, know, Nick, all of us combined probably had, like, a year of instruction under our belts, and that was, like, John Tebbs went, uh, got taught by a guy locally for about a year, the first year. So, like, all those early, the, those first two albums were literally, you know, I say it all the time like I'm a hack you know like, I'm not like like the the most difficult song that I can play is the most difficult song that I wrote yeah you know uh, that's how it's always been I'm not saying I'm proud of it but hey if you like my band you, 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 you're you into hacking man.
0: <laughs> yeah into hacking no dude I, <laughs> I love it I love it
1: <laughs> we all self-taught to a certain degree you know what I mean and, and even even Brian is self-taught you know as well but at an early age, we put the time in to you know and had that instruction. The rest of us, we just like, oh, it's it's just literally let's start a band, let's go to my parents' basement. You know, we didn't learn any songs; we just started writing songs. Like we, I didn't even we didn't do cover songs. The way we did maybe one or two cover songs. You know, over, over ten years in my, yeah. in my early days, um, the rest was just we were just learning how to play by writing songs. Like literally, that's it. So that could have something to do with the ADD nature of you know, the verse-chorus, verse-chorus uh, format that uh, we got kind of bored of because we wrote a lot of songs that had that and uh, we got bored with our – so I, I don't know. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> no. I I'd have to like really think – I'd have to be really introspective here to go out through my whole history of why uh, I approach songs in that way. But
0: Sure. Well, dude, this has been great. I have a couple. I wanted to ask you just a couple of questions here that I got uh, from Instagram that I crowdsourced um, that, that people wanted to ask. Oh, sweet. Um, and some of the things we already covered. So just maybe like uh, maybe maybe one or two. Um, uh, uh, this is an interesting one because you you mentioned this earlier and I'm, I'm this way too. like my band is the kind of music that I want to hear. So I do listen to my own stuff like quite a bit. Um, do you ever put on, um, you know, any of your, your albums and listen to them and kind of, you know, um, whenever you're just like listening to music, are you like, Hey, you know, I think I want to listen to this album or this one song or, or anything like that, that that you guys wrote. And that comes from Gronstein underscore on
1: Instagram. Thank you, Grondstein. That's a really good question. Um, you know, not a lot not much uh when when I'm writing all I listen to it seems is what we're working on new shit we're working on right so I put so much mileage on the songs from the get go that once we're done with it it's uh it's not like it doesn't belong to us anymore, but I, it just doesn't occur to me to just like throw on an album.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but having said that, um, we were driving back last month. We were playing, a, we were playing a show, and we were, driving, we were driving back. I was I was half asleep in the back of the van, and uh, I think Brian Brian was Bri- I think Brian was in shock. on somebody else was driving, and Brian had it on. Uh, had the Spotify on or whatever so it was like so. It was like random songs would come on and Wilhelm would show up because it's you know it's in the punk rock uh, vein or whatever and Brian would skip it <laughs> skip every one of them every Wilhelm song and then after a while I was like yo you're skipping all the good songs bro you know what I mean it's like if it's if it pops on I won't be like ooh shut it off sure I will listen I will listen to it and if, and if and, uh if we're at like uh, this has also happened a few times like we'll be at like a brewery and then like our song will like come on at a brewery and then the and then the dude and then the, the whoever's in charge of it was like oh sorry about that I'm like I'm like dude don't apologize I, I'm stoked that our music is is played yeah so, you know so like from, from from that on that tip I'm super not the guy to, to turn it off I'd be like no why'd you change it let it play all the way through You know? that's cool. <laughs> But just throw it on a record. I don't really do it that much. Uh, but then again, I don't really do that with a lot of other bands either. Sure, you know? sure, okay. Like I, I, I like I like I like being exposed to new stuff. You know? Yeah, I'll absolutely. Become, I'll become obsessed with an album for like you know two or three weeks. That's all I'll listen to. I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm sort of that guy. But uh, our own songs, I don't know. But I I think I put so much, I log so much into it that. Uh, you know but I do I do appreciate and I'm proud with uh, of what we do and I appreciate
0: that question awesome awesome okay uh, okay so another question I didn't get the person's name because it was in uh, I, it's in my my messages but they asked will you put uh, out will you ever put out benefits of thinking out loud on vinyl because a lot of Wilhelm fans are missing that one uh Yes, but it wouldn't be a Wilhelm Scream album. Oh, okay, uh, that's the that's the caveat. What happened back in
1: the day was um, our founding member uh, John had left the band. He quit the band like by email. It kind of sucked. it was a bad shitty. It was it was a sucky situation. Basically, he quit the band by email, and then we had like tours to do. We had all kinds of shit. Like we had like a warp we had warp tour we got like a warp tour slot, at, uh, and this was like this was in the Smackin' Isaiah days. I yeah, used to be called Smack and Isaiah. We're on the more pop punk side. Um, and Benefits Thinking Out Loud was a, a Smack and Isaiah album. And when we had signed with Jumpstart, who you, you, you had just uh, signed with yeah. as well, coincidentally, um, Jeremy had 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 you know it was time to do a repress of it and we had just like we had we were we had just changed our name but we didn't have we didn't have anything to like we, we, we were all out of Smack and Isaiah like copies and everything so Jumpstart suggested well put the band name on it and we all had reservations and stuff of doing it but ultimately as we said we, we were like yeah you know we're trying to forge our own thing we're still playing a lot of these songs uh, plus, I had written most, almost all of it, and stuff like that. So we had felt that we had ownership of that. And if I had to do it all over again, I probably wouldn't have uh, to sort of because it definitely hurt, Had some hurt feelings behind it with, with John that we never really sorted out, you know. Um, but it wasn't like a malicious thing for us to just make it a Wilhelm scream release. You know, but sure. in hindsight, like I would have kept it as smack as Smack and Isaiah, and just said, "Oh well, you know, we found a member, left the band. You know, this is our old stuff, but look out for this other stuff." But when you're that young and you have these opportunities that are big, like Warp Tour and stuff like that, like it's like, well, we're trying, we're trying to forge our, our we'll forge a new path now. Um, so that's why. I do want it to come out, and I'm sure it will. But I think most likely, as as Spack and Isaiah, okay, from a from from, from a sound standpoint, part of me would want to just record it over again because we can't remix it. All the all the <laughs> files are all the files are like it's are gone. You know, so me <laughs> listening back, I'll be like, oh man, I wish that sounded better. You know,
0: that'd be uh, cool to hear for sure.
1: Yeah, I had that idea for a few things, you know. So, oh man, well, what if we just like re-recorded this stuff? But it turns out we got some of the rights back to some some stuff, so we didn't have to. uh, Oh, we didn't have to pull one of those tricks. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and final question. This is uh, comes from an account called Players Against Hate, and apparently there's a charity game happening tomorrow. How many yeah. goals will Nuno give up at the charity game on Saturday?
1: Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Is this hockey? What is hockey? up against? It's hockey, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they're doing a charity game. Uh, Nuno was asked to be uh goaltender. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Uh,
0: are you Nuno's playing too?
1: Playing... I'm sorry?
0: Are you playing too?
1: No, my extent of hockey has been street hockey. Okay. Uh, after band practice back in the day, that's that was, that's my extent of hockey. I can't I can't get on skates to save my life.
0: <laughs> Me neither. Uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, nuno has been in a beer league for several years now.
0: Oh wow! Okay.
1: Where he's been, he's been the goalie. So so yeah, he's got a lot of practice. I've uh, I've maybe seen him play maybe once at one of their practices, uh, maybe like back in the day with some friends got together or whatever but uh I don't know I don't think he's
0: man I don't know what's a reasonable amount to give up <laughs> yeah maybe I don't
1: maybe know. know maybe those I have faith in Nuno I think Nuno's gonna shut them all out he's gonna oh. catch them all hell yeah I think it's gonna be a shut out you know unless they get some ringers I know uh, Chris number two from anti-flag he's, he's, he's a ringer I heard he's really good okay so he'll it, uh I'm
0: sure uh i don't know let's say one okay i like that i think that's a maybe good we'll give
1: up one and it'll yeah. just be a gen- maybe it'll be a
0: gentlemanly i'm gonna follow this account and see if they if they give any updates on the game and everything and and, and see what's up so um well trevor yeah. that's all i got man i really appreciate you taking the time it was it was cool to talk to you um you know I, especially you guys are like i said one of my favorite bands i've been following you guys forever so it's cool to finally have this conversation in depth and um, I think I might be seeing you at some point later this year at a show um, that we might be playing together so I'm not going to give up too much information about it but um, you know I'll I'll be stoked to have a beer with you or or something like that when when that time comes whether it's now whether it's sooner or later.
1: Awesome man looking forward to it Wes. Yeah absolutely. This is a lot of
0: fun. Good, good. I'm glad, man. Yeah, thank you. I will. I'll get it up probably here. Within a... All right. All right. Thanks so much for listening to that episode with Trevor Riley from A Wilhelm Scream. If you guys like this episode, please give it a like follow subscribe rating on apple podcasts or spotify i really appreciate it thank you so much and we'll see you next time